This is episode 117 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. Clearly, we know from what states and localities are saying, teachers are not prepared, but are crying for guidance and activities and professional development that will help them to implement the, the rigor of the standards with fidelity. That's a difficult challenge, and many teachers find themselves unprepared, but it's just a challenging activity right now, given the newness of the standards, their unfamiliarity with the standards, and the a range of things they have to attend to in their implementation. Welcome to another one of IDRA's podcasts. Today, Dr. Bradley Scott and myself, Alberto Montemayor, will be having a conversation about a civil rights look at what are called the Common Core State Standards. So, Bradley, how are you? I'm doing well. First of all, what are these Common Core Standards? Well, they are a set of standards that were actually created with the support from the National Governors Association and the Chief State Schools Officers Association. These standards focus in on literacy, on math, and are talking about what should be a foundation for system-wide education reform. So these standards are set up and have been adopted by uh, 47 states to raise the level of rigor around certain core content areas for uh, what the uh, Governors Association and the Chief State School Officers Association says is for all American students so that they can acquire the kind of capacity to be globally competitive in a, a world that is very different and to achieve at high levels in terms of uh, school graduation, academic um, outcomes, college going, those kinds of things. Is there a federal or national standard or st a statute around this? No, there's not. not. Uh, okay. So the uh, federal government, while they in many ways support what the Common Core is all about, or are not responsible for their creation, not responsible or not insisting that states adopt the Common Core, but they do uh, make decisions, the federal government, uh, in a lot of their funding streams predicated upon the standards that are created in Common Core themselves. For example, you said even though the federal government is not imposing these, they can influence. Sure. So, for instance, in the race to the top dollars, mm -hmm. uh, as they're looking at those um, applicants who apply, they will uh, refer to the Common Core as the kinds of standards that the uh, race to the top dollars would want to support. They want to make sure that they are showing or reflect that they are, in fact, embracing the Common Core standards that have so, been adopted by their state. Yeah. So on the surface, even though it's individual states adopting them, and 47, you say, have already adopted them, there would seem to be some benefits that across states there's a, a uniformity. But is there a downside? Uh, or is there well, a that's, uh, well, that's really one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, the Equity Assistance Centers, the 10 Nations Equity Assistance Centers, have uh, been in the process of looking at some of the civil rights concerns around the implementation of the Common Core Standards. And I think that it's these concerns that, once again, we need to pay attention to as we move forward. So this is the year that states are implementing Common Core. You know, we've had a run-up to them since 2009, but now this is the actual year that uh, Common Core Standards are being implemented across the United States. And uh, we are concerned that there are some issues of civil rights that have been clearly overlooked or if they were even talked about, they're not reflected 
and what the Common Core standards actually uh, represent. Let me give you an example. By um, their own admission, the Governor's Association and the Common, uh, the Chief State School Officers say that the standards do not address interventions for students who are already performing well below grade level. They also tell us that they do not delineate a full range of support for English language learners. And uh, they do not describe, thirdly, how teachers should teach. So just those three issues alone cause us concerns because, one, what is happening for kids who are performing below grade level while Common Core is currently being implemented in the schools? What are teachers to do with them? The second, that's also true for English language learners. And if teachers are not teaching in cross-culturally competent ways, then you're missing a lot of the students who actually make up the student population of America's schools. So these course standards, for example, do they go by grade level? You had kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth. So if you have a fifth grader that's at third grade performance level, the standards don't give any indication as to what you can do about it. As that. what the interventions, the pedagogical and instructional inter interventions need to be for that kind of a learner. So pretty much, uh, even though the, uh, the two organizations around whom these uh, standards were developed say that they're for all students, clearly they're not because they, they also say that there are limitations in, in terms of uh, the application of these standards to certain populations. So uh, civil rights concern then would be that already there's an uneven playing field. For a lot of children, it's sink or swim. In other words, uh, if you don't know English or if you are two or three years behind, there's no remedy, there's nothing built in right. to get there. Okay. And, and then that same concern causes us as equity assistance centers to even look more deeply. What is the difference between Common Core being implemented in rural and remote areas or inner city areas versus suburban areas where you have resources and teachers and materials and infrastructure to support, you know, rigorous learning, high level learning. And that may not be the same case in, in these rural places or in certain urban areas that are already resource poor, I guess we would call them. Uh, if, for example, you have in an urban area a significant number of African-American children that are below level, is there any plan then to say, okay, if, if a child is in the third grade but they're at Performing. first grade, mm -hmm. level, something to do, there's, there's no... There has been no guidance given yet about that. Um, there have been some general statements made about what a state should do, the states that have adopted these standards, uh, to make sure that they think about appropriate interventions for students performing below grade level, or think about interventions for English language learners. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't speak to any specific guidance. Now, there are states that, as they have been adapting the core standards and thinking about the real populations of students, that they are thinking about what do we need to do about these populations who have clearly been overlooked in terms of the absolute application of the standards. But that's a lot of extra work that uh, around which not real work and uh, support has been created or guidance uh, created to help uh, teachers and administrators implement these standards well, at the local level. Well, for students on level, is the assumption that teachers are already prepared to teach these standards? Well, clearly we know um, from what states and localities are saying, teachers are not prepared. So they went through some initial okay. training to become familiar with the fact that these are the standards. For the states in our region, we have four states uh, that have implemented them with Texas not having adopted the core uh, standards. 
but are crying for uh, guidance and activities and professional development that will help them to implement the uh, the rigor of the standards with fidelity. That's a difficult challenge and many teachers find themselves unprepared as well as principals unprepared to provide their teachers with the right kind of support. That doesn't mean I'm not trying to say that they're not trying to make right. sure of a faithful uh, implementation but it's just a a challenging um, activity right now given the newness of the standards, their unfamiliarity with the standards and the a range of things they have to attend to in their implementation. What is the effect of the adoption of these standards on the whole testing and assessment process? Well, that's another uh, real issue that states are having to deal with. When you change the standards, it means you need to change your assessments to reflect that. And most states uh, or many states are not yet up to that uh, level of having changed all of the assessments. That's one of the things that they are spending a lot of time and energy on doing right now as the standards themselves are being implemented. And uh, once again, I'm suggesting uh, what the equity assistance centers are saying is that even in that whole assessment process, there's a civil rights concern that uh, students will not be ready already and kids who are already performing below right. uh, levels of expectancy will be put further behind because of this uh, mismatch between so where they are and children, what they're children, minority children, children that don't speak English, they would all be penalized in a system. In a system, like once that. again, yes. they're going to be penalized. And, and so we are simply saying to educators and to stakeholders, you know, be very mindful that if the system is already penalizing certain populations because of their differing characteristics, this kind of work, while it has the intentions of wanting to raise levels of performance and student outcomes, may have a direct, more negative impact sure. than that. I was thinking also that both of you and I have been classroom teachers, is that you have to develop a whole array of teaching approaches right. for any particular standard, not just because you're saying these children need special help. All children are unique, and to teach in one way is always going to miss a lot of children. Exactly. And so for the standards not to have included some kind of acknowledgement of that in a significant a way around teaching competence and cross-cultural competence and culturally or relevant uh, curriculum is a real challenge to believe that you're really going to be able to serve students well, particularly students who are different and diverse across a number of dynamics, economic level, language, yes. uh, a race and ethnicity, and so on and so on and so on. Well, you know, you mentioned rural and urban. Right now, your center, I know, has certain civil rights concerns even before the impact of these standards. The dropout rates, right. retention, and things like that. Right. This is going to affect that even more. Uh, we believe that we're going to see uh, this affecting that even more. Uh, it will affect college going, graduation. It will affect kids' involvement in higher level courses and dual credit courses and gifted and talented courses. All of these dynamics, we clearly also believe that because our students will be challenged with more rigorous curriculum without the right supports, that they may be forced into situations or placed in situations where their behavior comes uh, mm -hmm. called into question. Uh, and they will become, once again, even more represented in disciplinary actions because of their activity or, or lack of focus in, in classrooms. So we think that there are many challenges. While it's a noble idea to raise mm -hmm. rigor and raise standards, 
but not to think about the full range of implications on very different populations of public schools. We think as a civil rights challenge that should be looked at right now while states are just beginning to implement Common Core rather than somewhere down the road. You know, one of the challenges we've always faced when we're trying to support children and defend their civil rights is that somebody will maybe innocently say, well, do you want to pablumize the curriculum? Do you want to have lower standards? And it's not about that at all. It's about the system being ready and able to teach all children and help them perform at their highest level. Exactly. Teach all children to their highest uh, potential and level. And certainly uh, not to pablumize the curriculum, but to make it as rigorous as possible. All of us are committed to making sure that all of our learners have the capacity to to compete at a global level. But uh, we question if this is entirely thought through enough to make that happen. So if... I'm a school district that now has these standards to meet. What are some recommendations you have for me as an administrator or a teacher? In other words, what what are the things we need to be really concerned about right now? Right, right. Right now, I think administrators as learning leaders and teachers as teaching, uh, wanting to improve their teaching quality, should be looking at what we have been learning from research around various populations, not just a certain populations, but all of the mm-hmm. populations that make up school. We know a lot of stuff now. We've seen a lot of good things happening. And so a part of the work that needs to happen at the local level is that um, teachers and administrators need to be looking at the uh, research deeply and looking at it well and seeing how it applies to their local context. I think that they should be engaging families once again in this whole process of how schools are serving uh, their children children, their sons and daughters, no matter the grade level. I think also they need to make sure uh, that teachers are getting professional development that includes cultural competence as a part of the professional development model. I think that administrators as learning leaders need to be spending a great deal of time strengthening their knowledge and their capacity to support excellence in teachers that serves and properly serves all students in order to make Common Core really make sense for all learners. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much, Bradley. And thank you, Aurelio, for taking time out to be with me today. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.